Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today we're talking about a Steminist who traveled Europe to make a place for women in the world of mathematics. She was one of the first modern women to receive a doctorate in mathematics and passed on her groundbreaking work through teaching. She was also a player in several intellectual movements, including the Russian nihilists and the Paris Commune. Let's talk about Sofia Kovalevskaya. Sofia was born Sofia Krukovsky on January 15, 1850, in Moscow, Russia. She was the second of three children born to a lieutenant general of the Imperial Russian Army and a German mother. Though Sofia would later characterize her childhood as fairly lonely, she was her father's favorite child and was close to her sister, Anna, her entire life. When Sofia was eight, her father arranged for a private tutor for Sofia and her sister. This was fairly unusual for the time, because most girls of Sofia's social class merely learned to paint or sew, if anything. But Sofia quickly became proficient in another subject, math. Sofia claims to have had her start in mathematics by studying her bedroom walls. In lieu of wallpaper, her room was covered in her father's old calculus notes from school. Sophia was naturally gifted in the subject. She was guided by her uncle's lessons in sophisticated theorems and taught herself trigonometry at the age of 14. A family neighbor and fellow physicist was so impressed by her abilities that he convinced Sophia's father to allow her to attend secondary school in St. Petersburg. Math wasn't the only subject to grab Sophia's attention. She and her sister Anna also developed a keen interest in politics. She and her sister also began a friendship with writer Dostoevsky. It eventually turned into a marriage proposal from the famed author to Anna, who turned him down. In the 1860s, the sisters became involved in the Russian nihilist movement. The movement's ideology centered around the belief that science was capable of solving Russia's social ills. One of the new concepts that the nihilists popularized were so-called fictitious marriages. In these agreements, couples got married on a platonic basis with the goal of liberating the woman from her parents' home. That kind of freedom was just what Sophia was looking for. Due to restrictions on women's education in Russia, she couldn't study within the country, and her father prevented her from going abroad. So when Vladimir Kovalevsky presented himself as a willing candidate in 1868, the couple was wed within the year. She was 18 and he was 26. They stayed in Russia a bit longer, during which time Sophia petitioned unsuccessfully for women's education rights. Once it became clear that neither Kovalevsky could further their careers in Russia, the couple left for Berlin. There, Sophia spent three semesters at the University of Heidelberg, studying physics, physiology, and mathematics. The couple also traveled during this time, meeting the likes of Charles Darwin and George Eliot. They spent a brief, hectic moment in Paris in 1871, when they heard Anna and her new lover had been taken prisoner in the disbandment of the Paris Commune. Eventually, thanks to Vladimir's help and aid from Sophia's father, Anna and her lover were saved from execution and set free. In Berlin, Sophia became the student of Professor Karl Weierstrass. Though he initially did not believe in teaching women, he was impressed by Sophia's ability to complete the complicated equations he gave her upon their first meeting. During her time with him, Sophia wrote three papers worthy of a dissertation. She eventually presented one on partial differential equations. It contained a simplification to an equation on the conduction of heat that now bears her name, the Cauchy-Kovalevsky theorem. 
With that paper, Sophia earned a PhD from the University of Göttingen and became the first modern woman to obtain a doctorate degree in mathematics. After getting her degree, Sophia and Vladimir moved back to Russia for five turbulent years. By that point, their marriage had become shaky. The partners seemingly had different feelings on how platonic their relationship should be, and they made several ill-fated financial investments. Once again, Sophia's career goals had stalled as women were barred from getting the necessary degree to teach in Russia. Instead, she raised money for a women's higher education institute that opened in 1878 and began to write for scientific journals. She also gave birth to her daughter, also named Sophia, or Fufu for short. But Sophia wasn't satisfied, and in 1880, she left for Berlin alone. In the subsequent years, her life changed dramatically. In 1881, she and Vladimir broke up, and Fufu came to live with her in Berlin. Just two years later, Vladimir committed suicide. Sophia fell into a deep depression and returned to Russia to straighten out his affairs. That same year, Sophia got the news she'd been waiting for. She was finally offered a teaching position at the University of Stockholm. When she accepted, it made her the first modern woman to receive a teaching position at a European university. She taught her first lecture on partial differential equations, the same subject that had earned her her historic PhD. But even after getting a teaching position, life was far from perfect. For starters, Sophia didn't get paid for teaching, Instead, she lived off of student contributions. She also disliked life in Sweden, and for five years, she split her time between Sweden, Paris, Russia, and Berlin. In 1886, she suffered another personal loss when her sister, Anna, died. Still, Sophia kept working on new projects. During her time in Stockholm, she took on her biggest project yet, studying the rotation of a solid body around a fixed point. She also edited the well-known journal, Act Mathematica, and finally was appointed first assistant professor and ultimately a permanent professor at the University of Stockholm. Sophia garnered quite a bit of attention for her work, once again making history for women in the field of mathematics. In 1888, she was awarded the Prix Borodin from the Academy of Paris, a first for a woman. She also became the first woman elected as a corresponding member to the Russian Academy of Sciences, a position she'd aspired to her entire life. Sophia also found some success in her personal life. She fell in love with a man named Maxim Kovalevsky, a distant relative of her late husband. But when Maxim wanted to marry her, Sophia refused. She knew her constant traveling and busy work life would not allow her to settle down with him. As in her early years, Sophia's interests extended beyond mathematics. She wrote non-scientific books, and she collaborated on a play and wrote a memoir about her childhood while she stayed with Anna in her sister's final years. She also returned to her roots and began work on a novel about a nihilist girl in St. Petersburg in the 1870s. But she would never finish that work. Sophia died in 1891 from complications of pneumonia after a few months of declining health. Though she died at a young age and at the height of her career in investigations, Sofia Kovalevskaya broke barriers for women in math during her relatively short career. Since 2002, one of the most lauded scientific awards in Germany bears her name. All month, we're talking about STEMinists. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. And you can find me on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. 
Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.